Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. It's your guy, Larry, and you just tune into Black Nerds Biblecast. Yes, this is the Bible portion of Black Nerds Podcast. So, hey, so we're still getting into the devotional that um, is done by Charles Stanley um, called God's Will. And we are going to be getting into eight different ways in which you can, you or I can get understand God's will and purpose for our lives. So these are some very practical down to earth ways in which we can do that so um, hopefully you guys are having a wonderful week do you realize that we are pretty much um, about maybe a week or week and a half away from Thanksgiving man that's so wonderful so awesome hopefully you guys are getting out there and and make sure you get your Thanksgiving uh, trimmings ready you know your mashed potatoes and gravy and whatever else is gonna be fixing turkey and dressing hey you know what somebody let me know so I can come over okay <laughs> and so anyways no I will be fixing my own dinner as well so anyways without further ado sit back and relax and enjoy this next episode of Black Nurse Biblecast Good morning. So we're getting into day five of our devotional of God's will. So are you enjoying the the devotional? I I really am. Um, I love the uh, devotional done by Charles Stanley. Uh, Great teacher and great devotional. But most of all, though, just understanding um, the truths about God's will in our lives. You know that. God really does have a plan for us. He just doesn't want us just, you know, getting saved and, you know, get the New Testament or New Testament Bible in our hand and stuff and just reading the scripture on our own and kind of keeping the Christian faith kind of uh, nice and secure and and being a quiet Christians. No, he wants us to be motivated to go out into the world and spread the gospel. So. There's a lot of things that he wants us to do. I mean, not a lot, but what I'm saying is there are things that each one of us can do. I should say be more correct on that. And so without further ado, this one is going to be called eight ways to discover God's will. So that's eight ways to discover God's will. Now, it says as we continue in our quest to understand and pursue God's ultimate will for our lives, to follow our eight things, the Father helps us to discover His will and the plans He has for us. Number one, communion with God through Scripture. Through His Word, God teaches us what the Christian life should look like, what no longer fits us as His children, and how to avoid the pitfalls of life. In other words, The Bible teaches us that what the Father desires for us to do and helps us to accomplish it. It's his instruction book for living. He'll never lead us to or tell us anything that contradicts that he's written in his word. Number two, circumstances of life. 
God speaks to us through the circumstances of our lives, where he puts us, the situations we find ourselves in and people, the places around us. He continually working in our lives on a moment by moment basis to direct us in his will and accomplish it through us through us. And then number three, counsel. God speaks to us through the godly counsel of other believers. Sometimes we need the help of other Christians to know what to do in areas we're unaccustomed to or with. This is why scripture admonishes us to teach one another with love, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. That's going to be found in uh, 1 Timothy 1 and 5. Number four is conscience. Another factor in discerning God's will is through our conscience, which is the inner voice that, that acts as a moral, moral filter. It's the alarm that goes off within us when we're tempted to do something that isn't right or when we head in the wrong direction. Now, number five is common sense. The, the spirit control believer is to use his or her mind and common sense when discerning the will of God. Six is compulsion. The Lord gives us strong desire or the impulse to do his will according to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Number seven is contentment. We discern God's will through contentment or tranquility we feel when proceeding on a course of action. When you're working against the Lord, you'll feel a spirit of friction that makes you uncomfortable. When you're in the center of God's will, you'll feel peace with him. And last is number eight, communication with God through prayer. As we begin our questions and concerns in God in prayer, he promises to make sense of what we're experiencing and will help us understand how he desires us to proceed. Okay, so let's continue on here. Um, so the first scripture that we come in contact with here is found in Second Timothy, Second uh, Timothy, the uh, third chapter, and the sixteenth and seventeenth verse. And it reads, "All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It it corrects us." When we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, um, one of the ways this is one of the ways in which we discover God's will. Again, um, one of the things that I mentioned before is that in order for us to really discover God's will, God's purpose and plan for our lives is we have to have constant communication with him. We have to be in contact with the Lord. That's one of the most practical ways in which we find out, you know, what what God wants us to do, what his plan is for us. So 
in order to do that, and a part of communication and contacting contact with him is number one through prayer, but the other thing is through reading his word, and that's what this scripture is about right now. So in Second Timothy, Timothy, excuse me, um, it talks about that we can basically rely on God's word, basically the Holy Bible. We can rely on that because. Um, it says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now, let me stop right here. There's a lot of people that debate and will debate sometimes about the authenticity of God's word. They will say, well, it was written by man. It can't be right. Or say, for instance, it was translated so many times. And how can you know it's truth? Now, here's the thing. Now, some of the arguments I can somewhat agree with. And the reason why and this is what I'm reason why I'm explaining this is because, yes, through different translations and stuff. Yes, the meaning can be a little bit off or it can get lost in translation. But the wonderful thing about God's word is that a lot of times when we read in different translations, whether it be from, say, the Hebrew version that goes into the King James version from King James version to, say, the new King James, new living translation or the American standard. It doesn't matter which way you read it. Sometimes even in translation, as long as you're getting the root of what it really means, a lot of times you'll get that now. I know that there are lots of debates out there about this, but at the same time, I also believe too that the Bible is a spiritual book. It is a God-inspired book. So a lot of times when you hear these arguments, these arguments are based on, say, uh, intellectual intellectual mindsets or the intellectual mindset which is also limited to understanding the things of the spirit when you encounter god's word first of all you have to understand that god's word is a spiritual book no matter what translation it comes from if god wants you to understand something he will get through to whatever translation it is that you're reading from he'll get to that he'll get through that to you or he'll go through that to you in other words god's plan for your life and god's will for your life is so important to god that number one he's willing to take take whatever means whatever translation of the bible or the word that he can that, that will relay that message to you in a way that you truly understand from your spirit, from his spirit to yours. Okay. So understand that. I understand that. Don't, in other words, here's the thing don't allow people to tell you that just because something is written in a different way doesn't mean that you can't get a full meaning. Now, yes, part of it is if you're reading it from the context of just a liter literature book, then yes, I would definitely agree with you. There are different translations which the literation of the word can mean something a little bit different. But if you're reading it from the spirit of God and you're and you're asking God, God, open my mind and my heart to what you want me to hear and what you're what you're saying to me in your word. Guess what? God will make sure that his word or what he has to say to you in scripture will be transferred to you, to your understanding, in your heart. And so that there will be no confusion about what he's trying to tell you. 
Amen. So that's just my little PR on that. Um, it corrects us. Okay. So it, it corrects us. Um, first of all, it says, what is the scriptures are meant to do? It is meant to make sure that we realize what is wrong in our lives. Okay. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So here's the thing here. All scripture is meant to do just this very thing. There's a lot of stories that we can get from the Bible, lots of examples we can get from the Bible about people, men and women that have encountered the Lord and their life circumstances or the stories of their lives will be beneficial to you and for me, even in, in 2019. Even in this current day and age that we're living in, though these stories and though these situations and events might have happened over 2000 years ago, these same examples that we read from can also help us in today. OK, the God's God has a way of using something that is ancient or that is old, like you want to like if you consider like the Bible being old. He will take an ancient book and show you the truths in which how to help you with your life today. So I want you to I want you to feel confident that, number one, the Bible itself is one of the ways in which we understand God's will. God uses it to prepare people, prepare and equip his people to do every good work. OK, so one of the things that we have to remember is that God wants us to do good work. He wants us to do the work that he would have done or that Jesus Christ would have done. So he wants to use you to do good work. So he's got to allow you to read his word, pray, ask him for what his plans are and will for your life is. He's going to use his word as you read it to prepare you and equip you to do the things that he wants you to do while you're here on earth. Your job is not just to have your regular occupation and and then go to church and that's it and live your life and everything's all happy and hunky-dory. I'm not saying that that it will be, but I am saying that one of the things about having God's plan in your life or God's will or you being in the center of the will, God's will in your life is that it brings your life purpose and meaning. In other words, you're just not a, a person that's a Christian and nobody knows about it or you're not just a Christian and everybody knows about it, but you're not operating in the plan and the will of God for your life. So that's just one of the things in which we have to understand about God's word. Hey, so the next um, the next step or the next uh, part in this in this devotional, we go, we're going to read from one of my favorite scriptures, and that's in Romans eight twenty eight, and it reads it says and and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. All right. So let's let's talk about this real quick. So one of the things that one of the ways that we know uh, God's will and purpose for our lives, which was uh, number two in our devotional, um, is he caught the circumstances that we encounter in our lives. Now, all of us know 
all of us know that our lives are not perfect. We go through ups and downs. We go through challenges. We go through trials, tribulations. We go through all kind of things. Do you understand? Do you realize that? Well, we are probably sure by now you realize that life is just not perfect. Sometimes life is not fair. Sometimes life is challenging. Sometimes life just can be just so hard. So how is it sometimes that you live the Christian life? You get saved. You know, you you go through the, the steps that you want to go through, but your life has not changed or maybe even your life becomes even more challenging. Well, Believe it or not, God actually uses those challenges in your life to develop you, to to develop you, to prepare you and to equip you to for his plan, for his way and his will in your life. So, again, we got to go back to God's plan. In other words, God's will. Go back to that. Whenever you go through these challenges and situations, it's like, okay, God, you know, what is it that you are uh, taking me through or allowing, you know? And I always say, I always like to use the word allow, God allows to happen because there's not any point in which God is not in control. Okay. Let me tell you that again. There's not any point in our lives that God is not in control. In other words, there's circumstances and situations that does happen in our lives. Sometimes they happen because of what we do. Maybe we put ourselves in situations. Sometimes they are things of, say, spiritual, spiritual attacks. They are, there are such things as the devil says, the devil puts on attack on your life or maybe a situation or an occurrence. So, that's not that's always possible too so we have to realize that even though whether it's a spiritual attack or spiritual warfare whether it's something that we've done or ourselves sometimes maybe somebody does somebody is attacking us or persecuting us or whatever may whatever the situation may be God allows that to happen so sometimes now I'm not saying that he doesn't um, interact but sometimes he does sometimes he does intervene sometimes he causes things to to line up in such a way that we don't have to go through certain things sometimes our prayers our prayer life even moves the hand of God so there's a number of ways in which um, things happen but Again, this verse here that I'm reading is very, very true in all these circumstances. It says, especially if you're a Christian and a child of God, it says, and we know that God causes. You notice that? It says, God causes everything. Does that mean some things? No, that means everything. God causes everything to work together. That means that the things that you did, maybe the things that you caused it, maybe the things that you got yourself involved, maybe you you was, you know, making a bad decision. Maybe you did something that you know you shouldn't have done. God causes everything to what? Work together for what? For the good of those who love God and call and, and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, remember, just because you make a mistake or just because you make a bad decision, maybe you did do something that you know you shouldn't have done. Right. But again, because you love God, 
God gives you what? Grace. He gives you mercy. He gives you a chance. He says, look, I know you did wrong, but you know what? You, you already suffered enough by the circumstance that you didn't put yourself into. So you know what? I'm going to see. I see that you're learning your lesson. It's a growth process. It's a moment by moment process. It's a process in which God is developing you, maturing you into the man or woman that he wants you to be. And so it doesn't give him glory and it doesn't. And it, and it is pro. It is counterproductive for God to allow you to keep slipping up and falling and you never learn your lesson. And then he just says, you know what? I'm going to turn my back on him or her so that they so that they'll never get it. They'll never understand it I'm just going to give up on them It's counterproductive God desires you to win God desires you to to win and be successful in your life. If you are a man or woman that has got caught up in a situation, circumstance, whatever it may be, understand that you can always ask God for help. You can always, your situation and your circumstance is not too hard for God. As a matter of fact, God, like according to this verse, he uses it. He uses your circumstance. He uses your situation. He uses your mess up, your hangups. To work itself out in the overall plan and goal that he has for your life. Amen. So just be encouraged about that. Now let's go into the next scripture. Now the next scripture says it's out of 1 Timothy. And this is reading from 1 Timothy 1 and 5. Okay. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Now, this one here, to me, it talks about, number one, us fellowship with other believers. So the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love, and that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Now, there's a three things here. When we when we um, be around other believers, it basically example in the church the the believers in the church we all need to have what you call pure hearts a clear conscience and genuine faith when we as believers in the church we're supposed to um, help commune ourselves with one another we're supposed to build each other at the same time other christians we are leaning on other christians to for counsel and that's why we're supposed to really we're supposed to really be uh, used of God to to continue to uh, draw that inspiration from each other. Here's the thing. In church, we need one another. In other words, you're just not an island unto yourself. So you need your brother and you need your sister in the Lord. Sometimes we have to allow God to show us someone or guide us in, guide us to the person that we should be um, uh, in contact with or mentor with. Now, some of us are very sociable and that's fine, too. But in that in that that way that you are, God will always direct you to the one or two people that you can trust, that you can draw inspiration from. Encouragement, strength, counsel, instruction, guidance. You know, we have to learn to 
to to either lean on one another or sometimes even be that person that someone can depend on. If you're that person, God has called you to be the person to be the mentor. Maybe that is your purpose. Maybe if you are a person that's listening to this podcast right now and you go to church and say, for instance, that there's always either a new believer that's coming your way and is talking to you, befriended you. You know what? God has called you already. That is your job. That is something that that God has called you to do. And that is to help build up another believer. Listen, as believers, we do rely on God. We do rely on his word. We do rely on his prayers. We rely on the, rely on prayer and, and interacting with God. But one of the things that we have to learn to do is we do have to learn to draw strength and purity and, and clear of conscience and genuine faith for one another. We have to be that person. You have to be that person with a pure heart. A pure heart means one with no motives, no one with no, no hidden agendas. If someone comes to you, talks with you, wants to confide in you, understand that that's in confidence. Understand that you're sharing or he's sharing his heart or his mind or his situation with you. Also, a clear conscience. That means that you're not having any type of way about you um, um, when it comes to dealing with that person. A clear conscience. That means that you yourself, maybe your life has to be lined up. Maybe your life needs to be lined up. I'm not sure. But again, only you and God knows. And genuine faith. Our goal and our motives should be to be to have genuine faith toward one another. That means to encourage each other to have that faith that grows, that strengthens, that encourages, that helps push one another along. Amen. So be that person that's given another Christian strength and encouragement. I do encourage you to do what what it is that God has laid on your heart to do. Okay, so the next uh, section of our devotion is found in Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It reads, Even Gentiles who do not have God's, God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They, de- they demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. Now, this here is talking about people that, number one, that like like Paul, Paul is talking to the to the people in Rome at this time, the Christians in Rome. And he lets them know that, first of all, you know, even the Gentiles who do not do not even live by, say, the, the written code or the Mosaic law at that time, basically the Ten Commandments, they even know within themselves instinctively know that they should do right from wrong. In other words, the moral, the moral law, the moral way. In other words, as we get older, we begin to understand right from wrong. We understand that there is no reason why that we should not be, we should be doing things wrong all the time or 
habitually doing things wrong or doing wrong to other people. In other words, like for instance, let's give an example. In the in the Old Testament is written, thou shall not murder or you shall not murder, right? Now, even though you may not go to church or maybe a person may not go to church or uh, understand the Bible, what the Bible says, they instinctively know that it's wrong to take someone's life. So in other words, you're, you're the, the moral, moral compass or the moral consciousness is already built into you that tells you something about this is not right. I should not have to be told that number one is wrong to murder. It's wrong to kill somebody, right? Or it's wrong to take someone's life. So this is one of the things too that we have to understand as far as what God's will and purpose in our lives. Listen, as you mature and grow in the Lord, the Lord begins to work on you. He begins to uh, begins to just bring you closer to him. Like I said, moment by moment, even by situations and circumstances, reading his word and praying. What that does is God begins to interact with you in a way that says, okay, I want to bring you to a place where, first of all, let's, let's get you right. Let's get you ready and equipped before I can use you. So these are the basic truths of, uh, of, of how God begins to uh, sanctify you. He begins to uh, you know, get you cleaned up and ready for you to you for him to use you in a way that is going to bring purpose for your life but also accomplish the overall plan and goal that he has remember god has a plan and he's going to use you or me or anybody else to complete complete his plan and he does have many plans but these plans go from each person that is a believer in the lord jesus christ now the next thing in the next verse is out of Titus chapter two, verse 11 and 12. So it says for grace, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this world, this evil world, world with wisdom, righteous and devotion to God. Amen. So guess what? Newsflash, the world is evil. <laughs> so listen, we have to understand that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. You are in this world, but you're not of it. That means that once you are a child of God, once you've given your life over to Jesus Christ, guess what? You are now his child that otherwise he separated you unto himself. That means that that yeah you're gonna go you you're gonna get saved and when you get saved and go to church you're gonna be reading your bible you're gonna be praying but you're not going to continue to entertain yourself with other people or other things that are 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 gonna continue to draw you back out there in the same habits and the same things you used to do if you were let's say for instance let's use uh something practical as an example cigarette smoking and alcohol or or drinking or drinking now let me just uh give you a side note to say say this 
Number one, the Bible doesn't say anything about drinking so much as in, you know, it's wrong to drink, but it is telling you to not be influenced by being drunk or overly drunk. Okay. Now, here's the thing though. If you were out there, out there in the world or in society, just without God, without worrying about God, without God, without you knowing or worried about uh, his, his will for your life, guess what? The only thing you'll be doing is out there drinking, out there smoking, doing those things, and you'll be developing these habits. Now, when you come to Christ, guess what? God says, you know what? I need you to kind of stop doing those things and hanging out with those people and those those friends that you that you have because they are continually influencing you to to not be the person that I'm planning you to be. So God gives you number one, he does give you grace and and he gives us grace, he gives us salvation to all people like he says. But then we're instructed to turn from the God is living and sinful pleasures. Let me just say this. In order for us to, to be used of God, he can't use us while we're while we're doing the things that we want to do in the, in the world. Remember, it's either your way or his way. So as we continue to grow in the Lord, remember, there are things that he's going to be stripping away. He's going to be things that he's going to be stripping away from you, things, your old way, your old habits, things like that. Am I saying it's going to happen overnight? It may not. But it will happen over time. And the, and the more that you surrender and the more easier it is when you surrender, the easier and the quicker it, the process will be. Amen. We should live our lives. We should live uh, in this world with wisdom, righteousness and devotion to God. Understand the world is fully evil. It is not a godly place. The world itself. In other words, there's so many things. And if you don't believe it, like my father says, keep on living. we got to remember that evil is in this world and it's here until Jesus Christ comes back. And when Jesus Christ comes back, then, then basically everything will be shut down. <laughs> so remember that. But at the meantime, get close to God. Read his word. Pray communicate commune with the with fellow believers and and by all means you know allow the holy spirit to continue to work on you continue to strip those things that that are are not um, worthy of of what you're doing amen he wants to change you he wants to develop you into a wonderful man or woman of god now the last scripture we're going to go into or actually i'm sorry not the last scripture we got a little ways to go so again philippians 2 and 13 for god is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him this is self-explanatory i know that we've already gone over this but yeah this is one of the things that i said sometimes as we're going through christian life he's going to continue to be working his working the plan and working his will will through you and for you in his in your life he's going to continue to do that for god is working in you and giving you the desire and you will have that desire to want to please god especially the closer that you get with god then in uh, philippians 4 and 7 it reads then you will experience god's peace 
which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. This is telling us that number one, if you're in the center of God's will, you will discover peace. You'll know exactly, you will know exactly if you're in, in God's will because you will experience peace about what you're doing. There's the things, sometimes we go through situations, circumstances, and we're talking to God and we're not sure. We're like, God, I'm not sure if this is right, but you know what? There's going to be a time or has been a time in your life to where God will give you a peace, an inner peace about what you, what it is that you're doing, what it is that he's called you to do. Remember, it says here, so then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. That means it's going to be outside of your reasoning that you're, you, I was, sometimes we just kind of explain ourselves right out of God, of what God wants us to do. We, we kind of negotiate our way out of it. We kind of reason our way out of it and say you know what it just this doesn't make sense i don't think that i should be doing this it just seems way far-fetched for me to be doing something like this but you know what we have to stop doing that we have to learn to walk by faith and not by sight we have to learn that god is a god that he is a god of, of possibilities and he wants to use you one of the most exciting things in the Christian walk is to be used by God because number one you're going to see the power of God working through you yes literal me literal you yes God will use you and just continue to work through you amen and remember this is based upon you living your mind as you live in Christ Jesus you have to be in this. You have to be one with Christ. You have to be in the center of God's will in order for this to really, really work. If you want to know if it works, then yes, you got to, got to, got to, got to. So let's, um, at this point, let's put a, uh, let's, let's put a little tab in it and we'll be right back after this message from Anchor. This is where I do my podcast and this is the commercial. You get a chance to, to listen to me talk about Anchor. We'll be right back. Okay, and so the last part of this, um, the last part of this uh, devotion, we go into the last scripture, which is found in Psalms 19 and 105, verse 105. And it reads, the word is, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I want you to hear this. There's two things that I picked up here. I picked up, first of all, the word is a lamp to your guide and my guide my feet and a light for my path feet and path so understand this god understands that you need guidance you need counsel you need wisdom you need direction and instruction so he's telling us that number one his word is the really a good source a good source an instruction guide a manual that we can use to discover God's will and purpose in our lives. And remember here, even in the, even David himself said that your word is a lamp to guide my feet. Okay? Without God's word, guess what? You may step into something that you shouldn't be in. But because he ha- you have uh, you have God's word, 
then that should light your you that should guide you and they should light your path. Amen. Guide you and light your path. Listen, I know that there are a lot of things out there that can be distractions, that could be just everything. And we have a lot of responsibilities. Some of us have families and some of us have full-time jobs, maybe even two jobs. But you know what? God ultimately, in spite of everything that he's blessed us with, because remember, here's the thing. You may have all these things, but guess what? God has blessed you with all these things. He's blessed you to have a life to where you can go to work. You can buy groceries. You can have a shelter over you. You can, you know, whatever it may be. And even if you don't have those things, maybe he says, hey, you don't have what you want, but you have what you need. All right. But see, the thing about it is, is just remember that God is always involved with you. He's involved interacting with you. And if you listen, I mean, really listen, you can hear God talk to you. There's a, a passage or a saying that says that God is always, always talking, but we're just not listening. So remember that. Remember that in your intimate times and your walk with the Lord. You know, remember that, that God is always, always involved with you. He's waiting to talk to you. He's waiting to to for you to sit down and have that that moment by moment conversation. Amen. So. I hope this was a blessing unto you. I hope this was a blessing for you to listen to. And I hope this encouraged you. So as of now, you know, again, always remember, you you know, keep Christ first. If you have if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, remember, John 316 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life okay so without without anything else to say right now i hope that you have a wonderful day have a blessed week keep god first in your life keep 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 going in and and uh and just doing the right things for the lord and for your life for your family and whatnot and we'll be seeing you for the next episode from black nurse Biblecast, getting into the next uh devotional which will be God's will again. Hang in there. We're, we're coming to a close on this devotional. And I hope to see you or hear from you next time.